This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Gonna, Mike. Brought to you by Carter, Subaru, Volkswagen, and Acura on Seattle Sports. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. <laughs> the sense KJ is a little bummed that uh, the Seahawks have yet to interview Mike McDonald and won't be able to until after the Super Bowl if that's the direction they choose I don't to think go. KJ's the only one. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of Seahawks fans would really like that. I I, I sort of think there is that online thing that really would like the Seahawks to go with a current coordinator, but I can't necessarily disagree on either of those two guys that that group really likes, Ben Johnson and and Mike McDonald. And there's a lot to like, I think, in both of those guys. In the meantime, they're interviewing Mike Kafka again today. And that one, like, I hear that name and I just kind of like, really? Mike Kafka? Like what he's done with the Giants? Yeah. But you know what? If they've got the ability to, 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 to lead people and Kafka comes in and blows them away, I will end up pretty impressed. I so. mean this in the nicest way possible, if there is a way to say this. Yeah. But when you Google his name, Go Google Mike Kafka. Yeah. Go to images. The three like featured Google images. He looks like a Pixar villain. Really? And I can't get it out of my head. And to see when I see when I hear his name, it's just yeah. Just he does eyebrow. have a little bit. Of, yeah, <laughs> I see that. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's of that. Some, and then about it. Bobby Slokes, the other one. Like he does not really sound like a guy that is going to be a great leader. We have very real meetings. You know, uh, when we get together as an offense, we're very truthful, and that and that's both ways. You know, that's I don't I make sure I tell guys when they do really really well, and I make sure I tell guys when you know. We- I don't know, just something like that. Right? Doesn't jump at you. It doesn't jump no. at you. No. All right, we got to stop this conversation for a little bit. Uh, we have probably a little bit more to come, but Mora uh, has has collected a group of rumors that we're going to uh, dig into together. Mora, what are what are the rumors we need to we need to kind of sort through? There we go. Rumor has it. Thank you, Adele. Yes. <laughs> or we got we got a little Lindsay Lohan if you want. I'm tired of rumors starting. Yeah. No, uh, no Fleetwood Mac. Low. Anything off the Rumors album? Uh, no. Okay. Sorry. Checking. There you go. Thank you. That sounds (laughs) nice. First up, uh, yeah, this one, I don't know how much we can put in it because um, I'm not really aware of uh, this this person's work and um, connections that they have. But there's a a freelance writer in Oregon named Shane Hoffman um, who kind of took off on Twitter last night after uh, saying that uh, he is hearing that not only is an NFL return likely for former Oregon coach Chip Kelly, but that it could take the form of a package deal Mm. with Cowboys defensive coordinator Dan Quinn. Yeah, somebody texted us about that early this morning. It was before you were here. I know you came in late today. Uh, and somebody did text us about that uh, that rumor before you got Don't here. Don't act like you're not. You're so excited about a song. Oh, I can't wait. Moore's going to have to sing at 930, and that's going to be awesome before Ranked. Actually, might even take the place of Ranked today. We'll see. Um, but uh, I don't know. Look, I I am an unabashed fan of Chip Kelly. I enjoy him. I enjoyed every opportunity I've ever been around him and talked to him. And I think his offense and what he does in college is top notch. I thought that he was going to be a tremendous success in the NFL. He was not. I was wrong, but I feel like I've learned quite a bit about it. I know that he's not being looked at here as an, as the head coach that would be Dan Quinn in this scenario, but I don't know that that is not one that would get me excited and just it doesn't feel like what's going to happen here, but I don't have any evidence to tell you it's not. Yeah, that one seems a little far fetched, a little far fetched, but, uh, you know, it's interesting to hear something new, at least, because we've been talking about a lot of the same names. 
Uh, then we also had Snoop Dogg yesterday sparking some rumors uh, when he told Martin Rogers of Fox Sports that he talked to Pete Carroll about the Chargers job saying, that's what coaches do. They don't go, oh man, or they don't go, oh man, they fired me. I'm going to lose my mind. Nah, who's the next team in town? I would love to coach there. Oh, they got a great quarterback. They need this. This is what we do as coaches. So he says that Pete wanted to go to the Chargers. That's what he told Snoop. How but come he's you like, didn't say it like Snoop? I'm, I'm a little. I was really sort of hoping that you were going to say that in more I feel of a like that Snoop might be impression. Yeah, it probably would be. But then, Mike. Yeah, then Mike. Later in the day, Mike Florio said they were hearing that Pete Carroll was making a push for the Chargers job. It's weird timing with everyone pretty much saying that deal is about to right. be done. Well, I'm sure. Look, it, it does make some sense to me that Pete would, after a few days of looking around and thinking about what's next and knowing what's out there and looking at the landscape, he doesn't want to go back and coach in college. I don't blame him. Nobody seems to want to right now. And he's a West Coast guy, right? I mean, Pete's not going to play in New England or New York or you know Pittsburgh, Philadelphia. Like those just aren't good fits for who Pete is. And and I'm sure he doesn't want to go live there. There are only so many places on the West Coast, right? Shanahan's not going anywhere. He's not going to be in Seattle. McVay's not going anywhere. I, I mean, like, and the Raiders have already hired their coach, and that's not even really West Coast. I don't really see Pete as a Vegas guy. Not that he couldn't do it, but I don't know. There, there aren't that many places on the West Coast to be a head coach. And he does know L.A., and he does fit very well there. And, and he is beloved in L.A., as you heard Michael Bumpus say earlier. So, yeah, I can understand if Pete would have had a little change of heart and was like, hey, actually, I would kind of wouldn't mind being considered there. But my guess is it's just too late. It just seems like they're already kind of down the road with Jim Yeah, Harbaugh. do you think this was kind of a – he told Snoop that this was something that he – would like, but it's not necessarily him actively trying. Could to be, yeah. That that would be my guess. I it, it seems hard so for me to like imagine that he's out there like positioning himself and lobbying to yeah. get this job. On the other hand, I still can't believe that Bill Belichick needs to go through multiple interviews only to potentially not get hired in Atlanta. So who the heck knows what's yeah. going on? All right, next up we have a uh, Dan Graziano, and this is the second time I've heard this recently that there is a rumor that Andy Reid could be pondering his future. Mm-hmm. That is a rumor that is out there, yes. And you know, look, he's sixty-five, and uh, certainly, not, certainly nothing left to prove, right? Uh, there are those who think that he'll stay as long as Patrick Mahomes is there, and there are some that think at some point he'll decide to move on. I guess we'll find out, but uh, it's definitely something that there's been some chatter about. Uh, in league circles, uh, how realistic it is obviously remains to be seen. Yeah, league circles do always seem to chatter about this stuff, and it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with reality. I mean, we heard it about Pete all the time, and Pete was always like, what are you talking about? Like, people want to retire old coaches because young coaches want jobs. They want those 32 jobs, one of them to open up so that they have an opportunity to get one. I have no idea if this is a real thing or not, but it sure wouldn't surprise me if this was in no way real at all. It would be a really appealing coaching well, Of course, the idea of going to coach Patrick Mahomes, who wouldn't want that? That's the best coaching job you could potentially have in sports. All right, we'll move on to the last one here. Uh, Mike Florio of PFT floated the idea of the Eagles trading Jalen Hurts, uh, citing that one or both sides might want a fresh start mm. because there was a lot of dysfunction there at the end of the season. I think you saw Dallas Goddard and some other teammates even yelling at Jalen Hurts mm. while he was sitting on the bench. I know you've been a fan. Mm. Uh, he says, unlike many high-end quarterback contracts, Hurts' deal makes it fairly simple if the Eagles mm. want to do it and if Hurt will waive his no-trade clause for it. Is that 
uh, a rumor you would like to believe in? I choose to believe this one. Yes. <laughs> I don't know whether it's true or not, but I choose to believe it. And I would absolutely have interest in Jalen Hurts if he was available. I don't know what you would have to give up or how that works. But and I don't know whether Jalen would have any more luck with DK than he did with his old teammate and AJ Brown. But I would absolutely be interested in yeah, him. I think he is a dynamic, yeah. fascinating young quarterback with a lot of ability and exactly the type of person that I would love to see as a quarterback like here. Out of Nick Sirianni, maybe. I, think, I, I wouldn't blame him if he did. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what it would take to get that done. I mean, obviously, to say I would like him is very different from saying I would give up what it sure. takes to get him and the number of first-round picks it might cost, et cetera. It was one thing when he was going to be the Drew Locke in the deal with Philadelphia for them to get Russell Wilson, and you were still going to get more on top of it. It's another to say give up multiple first-round picks, players, et cetera, to get Jalen Hurts. So without knowing what it would cost, it's a lot easier for me to say I'd be interested but just in a vacuum, am I interested in him as a quarterback here in Seattle? Absolutely. And if there's any way I could say it more clearly than that, I would do so. I, th- I think the world of Jalen Hurts, and I think he's going to be a star for a long time. All right, go. so we'll keep that rumor going. Please do. Yes. Thank you, Adele. Please tell everybody that the Seahawks are going to acquire Jalen Hurts. Okay, uh, coming up, I want to spend a few minutes talking baseball in 20 minutes because the Hall of Fame yesterday, it did have me thinking about Curtis Martin and other things, and also more is going to sing. There's a lot left to gum this hour. It's Rock and Salk Sales Sports on 710 and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, Maury, you just mentioned it in your rumors, the whole idea that Pete Carroll would be interested in this uh, Chargers job kind of surfaced yesterday via Snoop Dogg, as most rumors in sports do. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen. And by the way, it sure sounds like Jim Harbaugh is getting real close to a deal there. Mike Garofalo said as much on NFL Network. Something could happen between the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh in the near future. My understanding is it is an extremely strong offer that they have made to him financially. Uh, they're now in the point where they're di- going to discuss staffing when it comes to general manager and obviously the coaching staff who is going to work alongside Harbaugh as well. So this feels like advancing to the point where if everybody's comfortable with a lot of the principal uh, factors at play, that this team could move on Jim Harbaugh and try to get him under contract. You want the Mike Salk uh, conspiracy theory there? Go on. Chargers have made an offer to Jim Harbaugh. He has not accepted that offer yet, despite what Garofalo called a, quote, very strong offer. All of a sudden, it starts leaking that maybe Pete Carroll would have some interest in the job. Hey, Jim. The offer changes. The offer is what it is. (laughs) You're going to want to accept this, or else we're going to go in another direction and Pete Carroll has some interest. So that, that would be my little conspiracy theory on the whole thing. Doesn't make it entirely the case, but... If I were the Chargers, that's probably how I would be playing something like that. Uh, it was interesting talking to uh, KJ today while he was in the Dan Quinn category, which makes sense, having played for DQ and knowing him as well as he does. Um, he didn't, he couldn't help but hear how enamored he is with that Ravens defense, and specifically Mike McDonald, who coaches them. Mark Schlereth is as well. I think one of the things they've done a good job of is, is under Mike McDonald, uh, attacking your protection. You know, anytime you walk up as a linebacker and you get in an A-gap, there's a, a weakness that gets stressed. If we pick you up, there's a hole behind you that we can throw it into, right? And so if we just run a slant there and we get that inside release, 
like you guys are screwed. We're going to get 12 yards on that. Like that's, and it's easy, right? That's like steel. They have the ability to walk up, make you go man, make you the declare man. So now all of a sudden my slides are gone and now to bring edge pressure and those two guys can fly out of there and still cover the slant. Yeah, I, I that was yesterday on with Wyman and Bob, and I, I absolutely see why he is such an intriguing candidate for so many people. But unfortunately, and it was clarified today uh, as we talked to Tom Pelissero, he can't interview him because you haven't done it yet. So until the Super Bowl is over or unless the Ravens lose this weekend, he's not a real candidate right here in Seattle. Here's the second thing you need to know. Hall of Fame class announced yesterday. Adrian Beltre is in it. Congratulations to the former Mariner. Still very much loved here. Next offer swing and a high fly ball deep to right field. Gamble going back to the warning track to the wall. Goodbye baseball. Adrian Beltre with an opposite field three run home run here in the bottom of the first his 14th home run of the season and the Rangers lead it three to nothing. Yeah, no word on when Ben Gamble will be going into the Hall of Fame. I think that's actually in a couple of years we'll be having that conversation. <laughs> Not sure when his eligibility starts, but uh, Todd Helton, Joe Mauer, the other two uh, to get elected or inducted rather. Um, 400 home runs and 3,000 hits for Adrian Beltre makes him a shoe-in. Mauer and Helton? Not quite shoe-in, certainly. I mean, Helton got to 2,500 hits, 350 home runs, but did it in Colorado. Mauer really doesn't have the counting stats. I know he was a catcher, but did win an MVP, a couple of silver sluggers, gold gloves, etc. But, uh, you know, both guys don't really have those automatic stats that definitely get you in personally. I think both Gary Sheffield and Billy Wagner were dominant players of their generation, and I would have put them both in. It was the last shot for Sheffield, who was such a feared hitter. He will not get into the Hall of Fame. Wagner is really second only to Mariano Rivera and maybe Trevor Hoffman closing in his time, but uh, he'll probably get in next year. He came up only five votes short. Uh, a few moves around baseball yesterday. Reese Hoskins, who we talked a lot about here in Seattle, uh, kind of became extraneous once they signed Mitch Garver, but he gets $34 million for two years with an opt-out after one in Milwaukee. Perfect spot for him to reclaim his, his value in a just great hitter's park. And then I was a little bummed to see Matt Moore, who I've wanted here in, in Seattle for a while. Lefty reliever, used to be a good starter. He gets $9 million for one year in Anaheim. Just kind of kind of name that you're I wanted them to get him last year when he was on waivers wanted him at the deadline and I would have liked him here this offseason as well here's the third thing you need to know Huskies have their quarterback it is going to be Will Rogers at least for now former Mississippi State guy who I believe is the second all-time leading passer in the SEC which is crazy has committed to uh, playing on Montlake next season now he's done that before and got back in the transfer portal now he's back out of it so hopefully things go better this time around. Kraken will be back at it tonight. Uh, we will not get to see Connor Bedard, though, the great Chicago rookie who would be in town with the Blackhawks, but he is hurt, so you won't get a chance to see him. Uh, Kraken are getting a little healthier. Vince Dunn, Matty Beneers, Phil Grubauer, all activated yesterday, returning to practice. Here's a little from Vince Dunn. Yeah, I felt great. It's nice to see moving bodies at a full speed. Um, I thought a lot of the drills today I was able to get touches in and um, get back into some game-like situations. So it was nice to be out there with the guys and um, have some laughs and just throw the puck around with them. It's good to be back. It does seem like fun being a professional athlete, doesn't it? There you go. That's Vince Dunn. That's everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Sock Show. Have you ever been to the Baseball Hall of Fame and would you go to a ceremony? I have not been to the Baseball Hall of Fame. 
Um, I would go, but it seems like kind of a long way, especially from here to sure. get there. I'm just thinking the head, like I've I've been clocking in the back of my mind. I gotta see Ichiro. I want to see that. Sir. That's I next year. Go in. It's 25, right? Right. I was like, I think I should probably. You really want to go see that. Ichiro? Oh, yeah, you should do it then. I yeah, would, I mean, talk to Shannon. She's thing. been and kind of knows what all of that is like, and obviously the Mariners will play a right. big role in that. You should do it. I would love to. Yeah, I mean, I think the the, the player that I would, if I could have gone for any player, it would have been for Pedro. Um, that's probably like the one player that of my era, my like, I just loved Pedro. Sure, yeah. I so know. yeah, I I probably if I was gonna do it, it probably would have been for him. What year was that? I don't know. Eight, it was like, like eight, seven, eight years eight, ago. Okay, I was I gonna know. say seventeen or eighteen, but I mean, yeah. something like that. Well, wasn't that about seven or eight years ago? Oh, yeah, seven yeah. years ago. I mean, it's actually, <laughs> yeah, that time keeps on ticking, Gross. Justin, into the future. All right. Uh, ranked coming up in 20 minutes. It'll be a little more of a serious rank today. I'm sorry for those who are expecting a whole bunch of music, but don't worry because in the next 20 minutes, you will get a chance to hear Mora sing. It's music you want. It's what happens when you're late to work, as Mora was today. She will sing for us coming up. I should have done Don't Push Me because I'm close to the edge. <laughs> Broken Salt. This, this is Brock and Salk. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Uh, I've reached the point of the program where I'm going to say something unpopular and you're probably going to get upset with me. And that's okay. I can deal with it. I have one. Oh, you're getting we, started we, kind of late today. I've been on the air since 6. <laughs> I know. It took me three and a half hours to get here, but that's only because it's we were able to talk to Pelicero at 7.30 because otherwise you would have heard this same take then. Um, Hall of Fame numbers uh, or voting came out yesterday and congratulations to Todd Helton and to Joe Maurer and to Adrian Beltre as all three will go into the Hall of Fame. And if I were voting, I would have voted, I think, for one of those guys. And that's Adrian Beltre. I, I don't know that I would have voted for Helton or Maurer. Not that they weren't both great players. They were. But Hall of Famer, I, I am, I am, and this will frustrate a huge group of people, specifically baseball writers. The numbers aren't the thing I look at first when I'm looking at any Hall of Fame. I want to know, were you among the very best during the time you played? Were you one of the greats of your time? Do you think Joe Maurer and Todd Helton were the greats of their time? I think there's even a question about Adrian Beltre, but his numbers are so great. I mean, once you get to those benchmarks of 3,000 hits and was like 470 home runs, like he's got the numbers dialed to such an extent that, yes, obviously he is a clear-cut Hall of Famer. I don't know how you could not vote for Adrian Beltre based on the numbers. But I put this little poll out last night, and I know it's frustrating to some folks who don't look at it this way. I totally get it that if you look at it the other way, but... If you're trying to win the World Series and there are, you know, there's one inning left to go and you could either face Beltre, Maurer, and Helton, the three guys who just got in, or you could face Manny Ramirez, Bonds, and Sheffield, three guys who've been kept out, or throw A-Rod on that list. And yes, I understand the reason those three or four guys have been kept out. Which would make you more nervous? Yeah, that's a rhetorical question. We all know the answer. We all know the answer. And I do appreciate Mike Cameron writing back to me and saying all seven can hurt you, but two of those guys are automatic walks. Yeah. You're walking bonds no matter what. I think I'm walking. I think I'm walking. I wonder who his other one is. Is it which of the uh, is it Manny Sheffield or A-Rod? Probably A-Rod that you're automatically walking. I don't know. I just, Manny. I mean, Manny hurt him. Gosh, I, I just 
I believe that they need to let those guys into the Hall of Fame. And I know that that is incredibly frustrating to a huge group of people that are upset about the steroid era and don't believe that their numbers are real. And I just don't care. It's not that I think steroids are fine. It's not that I don't think that there needs to be some acknowledgement of it. Yeah, I think that's fine if you want to acknowledge it. But only A-Rod of that group was ever suspended for performance. I guess Manny was eventually too. Bonds and Sheffield were not. Um, And I, I just ultimately know that they were the best players who played then. And it's especially personal for me because that was sort of my biggest era of watching baseball. Like that time that that group was there in the mid nineties to the mid two thousands was probably the time that I was most dialed in, paid the most attention, watched the most number of games, was passionate about what I was seeing in the game. And Gary Sheffield, was a nightmare to see up at bat for the other team. Barry Bonds for multiple years, was the best player in the history of baseball. Was he juicing? Of course he was. Look at his head. And I've read Game of Shadows. I mean, they make an almost irrefutable case against Barry Bonds and others. By the way, if you haven't read Game of Shadows, do it. It is one of the best sports books I've ever read. Fascinating look into Balco and Bonds and doping and uh, the Olympics and all of it. By the way, the guy from Balco, what's the guy's name who was sort of like the that started the whole Greg Anderson? Do you know Tom Brady's name was in his black book? I did. Isn't that crazy? I heard, yeah. I think you're the one that told me that. But just, you know, it doesn't mean that he's guilty of anything, but his name was there in the black book. He's San Francisco athlete at the time. I guess my point is I don't know what happened with the guys that didn't test positive and didn't um and and weren't included or or investigated in the Mitchell report or anything else. There's no evidence against Gary Sheffield other than that he was jacked and had forearms like Popeye. Does that mean he was juicing? Yeah, I mean, sure, it certainly seems possible. He told me to my face that he was not. So, well, I, I mean, you know, for whatever that means, right? I mean, Manny was one of the best hitters of his day. Was Joe Maurer as ferocious and as scary as any of those guys? No. Was Todd Helton, really good player in Colorado for all those years? Like, really good player. And if it's the Hall of Great, Hall of Very Good, those guys are in. And by the way, I don't even mind that they're in the Hall of Fame. Right? I've kind of made this argument about Curtis Martin before as well. Like, I don't get bent out of shape that guys get in who were very good for a long time. But... It bothers me when guys who were the best for any amount of time don't get in. Those are the players that I would like to see in the Hall of Fame. And that's why Manny, Bonds, Sheffield, A-Rod, McGuire, Sosa, those guys were the best. And they brought baseball back. And for them to be right. out of it, that's a, thank it's you just not fair. That was my point I was going to make. is like baseball was in a bad place for Terrible a while. Terrible place. And the irony of what those guys did for the game and the attention and the amount of – I was one of those kids – that watched every single one of at bats of players on teams that I didn't like or follow. You know exactly where you were when McGuire broke the record. Yes. So do I. <laughs> like I remember exactly what I was doing that whole day. So do like, I. That's what made me fall in love with the game. So yep. it's a weird thing to just be like, oh yeah, cool, thanks for all that. We're gonna put you over here. You know where Scott Service was? Catching. Catching. <laughs> yeah. He hugged Standing McGuire behind the point. mound, watching McGuire run around the bases for the uh, for that sixty second time. Yeah, I remember right where I was. 
I was in my dorm room junior year of college. I remember watching on the TV. We were all gathered around in the middle of the afternoon, I think it was, and, and we watched it and we erupted. That guy's not in the Hall of Fame? Like, what are we talking about? Right. Of course and- Mark McGuire is a Hall of Famer. I don't need the numbers to tell it to me. I just know it because I was there. Right. And the other part of it that I could understand, I guess, at the time, because it's not automatic, was that it would somehow encourage or imply that it, it oh, that's all gone. Like, Get it, out of here it, That with is not that. a problem anymore. So I'm, I'm 100% with yeah, you. Yeah, 253 that. says Gary Sheffield was a jerk. That's why he's not into the Hall of Fame. You might be right. He was incredibly nice to me. I told the story earlier. That was definitely not my experience. I sat down with him for 10 minutes and couldn't have thought him a more gracious and fantastic interviewee. But that's why you're not going to put him in the Hall of Fame because he's a jerk? Ty Cobb is in the Hall of Fame. He's like one of the worst humans ever to walk the planet. Yeah, there's a lot of guys in the Ty Hall of Fame. Ty Cobb was good. an awful person. Awful. Go read about Ty Cobb and his racism and how awful he was and tell me that you get to keep Gary Sheffield out? Get out of here. And then we're going to tell me that 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 everyone else who's in the Hall wasn't juicing? I'm sorry, man. Bonds and, and yes, even Clemens, who I can't stand, and A-Rod and Manny and, uh, and, and Sheffy, all of those. Put them all in. McGuire, Sosa. I mean, maybe you could argue that Sosa's overall numbers still don't quite get him there. You know what? Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire changed baseball. They were, exactly. And Thank what you. they did for the they sport those two, that three years, years was unreal. Okay, you don't have to put John Jaha in there, even though he managed to hit 50-plus during that realm. Okay, fine. But these guys were hitting 60-plus. Bond, 70-plus. <laughs> what are we talking about? Go look at, like, baseball reference page for Bonds during that time when, like, you know how they bold everything you led the uh, league in? Go look at how much is bold. You will think that, like, Maura likes to use a lot of boldface type when she writes to us. It looks like one of Maura's emails. <laughs> like, the entire thing is in bold. You're like, my God, this guy led the league in everything. So, I don't know. Do you think Maura's going to sing in bold? She may. And I, I think I want to make sure I leave enough time for that. Yeah, I was like, we got plenty time of time for that. For I just, this drives me absolutely crazy. Watching okay. Todd Helton get into the Hall of Fame. And I'm assuming And watching Joe also, Maurer get into the Hall of Fame. We're getting a thousand well, those guys are not. It's I'm just assuming wrong. you agree Pete should be into. <sighs> Yeah, I probably think he should like, be. If, that I don't are, know. if that's the argument, the only argument. Here's the thing: I don't really care about Pete Rose because he's obviously, there, yeah. And I, I think what he did was different. So I don't mind Pete being kept out. I wouldn't mind if he were put in. I don't feel very passionately one way or the other on Pete Rose. If if you want him in the Hall of Fame, I'm not going to argue with you. If you think that betting on baseball is such a severe sin that you can't be in, I totally am fine with that, too. I, I just don't care one way or another on Pete Rose. I once talked to Goose Gossage about it. Cause he lived in Colorado Springs and yeah. went to a lot of events my work there. And I know. He, awesome. But he said that uh, awesome. players Great. just view that very differently. Yeah. Like, that is the Cardinals, and that is something you yeah. are taught from the moment yeah. you come in so if it's something that players view differently whereas the steroid thing can be debated then i understand that that's just he broke a rule that you can't you you just can't do it now thankfully he bet i believe on his team to win not on his team to lose if it was on his team to lose there's no gray area at all you're just like sorry man you threw games you're out he didn't do that he bet on his team to win but you just can't do it. You just cannot bet on baseball and on your team. So, I don't know. I'd be kind of fine either way. 206 uh, points out that McGuire and Sosa were juicing. 
Oh, thank you for the remind. That's nice of you to tell (laughs) me. Yes, I know. And I still think they should be in the Hall of Fame because a lot of the pitchers who were throwing to them were juicing as well. I was going to say, all the pitchers were too. I mean, come on. When I was was playing in college, which was a very short college career of baseball, but there were guys ahead of me who were also using a lot of things that were getting starting jobs ahead of me. And I was like, oh, God, could I? Should I? Yeah. And those kids were then getting signed. I'm like, still didn't want to. And that's, on you. And like that's up to you. Everybody gets to make their individual decisions. But like, was I, did it hurt me to see it happen? Absolutely. Yeah. Would it hurt me more if I was in a professional position where I definitely lost jobs? Yep. My numbers and were I know guys who guys did it for work. that reason. Said, I have to juice because everyone else it's around me is the way, way to do it. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, that's my uh, that's friends. my uh, annoying take of the day. I'm sorry. I just I, it drives me crazy seeing these better players that were the best of their generation not get in, while the second group just below them. And by the way, really good players themselves, but not as good as those guys who didn't get in. All right, Mora. Uh, we have a couple of minutes before we do some ranking, uh, and you were late to work today. And we've pre-established the rules on this. When someone's late, you did. When we yes. oversleep. You act like it's company policy. It's company policy here at Bonneville. In fact, it comes all the way down from on yep. top. Uh, they do it at every station in Bonneville <laughs> all across the country. More, I told you, it's better than the old job, my very first radio <laughs> yeah. job. I used to have to jump into Lake Union when I was when I was late. So yeah. this is... Well, that's on you for doing it, Justin. <laughs> I was like a 19-year-old intern. And also <laughs> the host of the show used to do it, too. So I knew that it was mm. real. All right. So, Mora, what are you going to sing for us today? Uh, well, I will just uh, let you guys hear it. There's a there's a little bit of a lead in. Okay. So you're gonna have Let's to go. wait a moment here. Let's rock it. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. I can't wait. I'm so excited right now. Just can we turn this up a little bit? Yeah, there we go. texted in someone recommended that one. Oh, unbelievable the choice. lyrics were great the entire thing was awesome oh my gosh wow i'll tell you include what. brewing in that because it's hard when you wake yeah, up late and you're trying to get your dog to just go pee so you can leave the house i was That's sort of fantastic. hoping you would have just brought Bruin in like i don't have anything else to do i just gonna have to bring her in and like would have hung out with her for a little while jd in the 509 better than the original yeah well, I'll tell you what. Um, somebody says, can we just rank clubs, please, Justin? No, we haven't done that yet. Yeah, we should do that. Have we ranked clubs? Maura, I'll tell you what. That was incredible. The effort put something. in, the work done, the creativity. Your voice sounded great. I heard well some like real singing in there, which was really, really good. So because of that, <laughs> as a little present, back to you for going out on a limb and singing for all of us. We will do a ranking today that doesn't involve a single 
pun or a single piece of music wow. or a single dad joke, this Mora is for you. What a day. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Got the text machine. Day made. So glad that I woke up late myself and came into work late in order to get a chance to hear that. Well, that person's got to sing now, too. Oh, yeah, seriously. What are you going to sing? Oh, my God. I, I mean, it. these texts are out of control. <laughs> that was from the steroid era Brave of music, reviews. too. <laughs> it was like the early 2000s. <laughs> More is just the best. Give her a raise. More take the rest of the day off. That was incredible. <laughs> Bleeping classic, radio gold, way to go, girl. Well done. I'm very embarrassed, but the text line's being really supportive, so thank you. You very shouldn't much be embarrassed at all. What would you be embarrassed by? Did she Man. just take the form of a unicorn for a second? Amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's her spirit animal. Or she come in late every day. No kidding. If it leads to that, Justin, we can handle the first hour every day. If it Incredible. leads to that, yeah. don't you think? Yes. Oh, I will hold you to that. Yeah, actually, yes. hold on. Actually, no. Can I sing every day in order to come in late? All right. Uh, I you promise. Sing every day anyway. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's to torture the people, though. So we have a real rant. Well, yeah, I thought it. I thought it would be nice, you know, for Mora to give her more of a, a real ranking today. So I and and I kind of already did this last night. So uh, if you have an opportunity to go over to uh, SeattleSports.com, I did put together my list of the five qualities that I think uh, the head coach needs to have. And I did rank them. So uh, I will say number five is the X's and O's. And maybe that's lower on my list than on some others. But I did want to be clear. It is on my list. I know it's the one that seems to be garnering the most attention right now. It's on my list. You've got to know the X's and O's. You have to know what you're doing. I guess there's that part of me that just assumes if you become a candidate to be a head coach in the NFL, that you got a pretty good idea on the X's and O's. Like, how else could you become a candidate? It's not like they're interviewing baseball managers like, hey, you're pretty good at leading a team. You want to come coach this thing? Like, that just doesn't happen. Yeah, and head coaches don't get hired based on some of the reasons coordinators and That's right. other guys get hired like because they knew them and coached with them years really, ago. Really, really hard to rise to, to that level without a pretty good understanding of the X's and O's. I totally but- agree with you, but if you think, like, if you interview Ben Johnson and you think you've got, like, a Shanahan-McVay situation on your hands, that elevates them. With the X's and O's elevates them over someone else, doesn't it? It might. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. It, is a, it is a top five trait that I think that you should have as a coach. But... It's number five on my list for a reason because I think the other things are more important and specifically because of number four. Because I think number four, which for me is your ability to hire good coordinators and coaches around you, I think if you don't have the top-tier Shanahan McVay X's and O's genius, you got to be able to hire it. So I'm not saying it doesn't belong on the team. It does and can absolutely give you an edge. Is John Harbaugh an X's and O's genius? No. But it sure seems like Mike McDaniel or Mike McDonald rather is. Is Dan Campbell, former tight ends coach, an offensive genius? No. But he had the per- the presence of mind to hire Ben Johnson, who does seem to be. So I, I think it's incredibly important that you have the X's and O's ability on your team. I just don't know that it needs to come from the head coach. It needs to come from somewhere. So 
maybe guys like McVay, who are brilliant, have an easier time hiring other brilliant people because they want to work with them. All of these qualities end up sort of working together to create the best coach. Speaking the same language. But I, I would argue that the ability to hire that is a way of essentially removing the need to be a great X's and O's person yourself. Number three on my list is identity and vision. You have to know what you want your program to be. And yes, this is why Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel have risen to the top of my list because they have such a clear identity for their program. By the way, the coaches that are left right now, 100% fall into this category, right? Certainly you would say that about Shanahan. Definitely you would say it about Dan Campbell. Definitely you would say it about John Harbaugh. He's been doing it for decades now. And then I think you'd certainly say it about Andy Reid as well. You know exactly what you're getting when you hire them to be a head coach. They have such a clear identity for their team. And I think in the early years, that was definitely true of Pete. This is where we get into that compromise conversation where it sure seemed like they were making compromises or Pete was in order to appease Russ or go longer with Russ or work with this or work with that or keep around a coordinator who he's been friends with for too long. Like those things seem to unfortunately eat in to the identity and eat away at the vision. And they seem to kind of deteriorate, at least in my mind, over the last few years of the Pete Carroll regime. So you got to have an identity. You got to have a vision. And yes, that's why Mike Vrabel and Jim Harbaugh were the two that were highest on my list. Number two, communication. And we have heard this from everybody, but specifically from Albert Breer when he joined us and said, look, in the modern day NFL, when you're coaching Gen Zers, not millennials, not Gen Xers, Gen Xers did what they were told, right? Yeah. Oh, coach told me to do it. Okay. I'm just, I have to do it. That's how we operate. Millennials, yeah, they wanted a little bit more fluff around it. But ultimately, if you were a positive guy and told them that they were going to be a big part of things, they're like, yeah, great, cool. And that seemed to work very well for Pete Carroll. This whole Gen Z thing is very different. And getting them to concentrate, pulling them away from the distractions like their phone, pulling them away and getting them to buy into what you're doing is harder than it's ever been. So if you don't have the creativity to keep them engaged if you don't have the communication skills to keep them interested in learning and focused on what they're doing you can't succeed at the nfl level or really in any sport anymore that is a gigantic shift in the coaching world by the way it's not just internally to your team you got to be able to communicate to the outside world as well the head coach or manager of a baseball team is the primary source of information for the rest of the world to hear about your team. They talk more than anybody else. They give the injury updates. They tell you what's going on with this and that and the other. The communication skills are of incredible importance. And I know there's somebody right now saying, well, what about Bill Belichick? Yes, you're right. And when you're Bill Belichick, you get to be an outlier, but that's the exception, not a the unicorn. rule. Yeah, right. That is the exception, not the rule. And it only worked because he won as much as he did for as long as he did. And because he had people around him that were great communicators. And oh, by the way, while he didn't do it well outside the building, there were no issues with Bill's ability to communicate inside the building. Everybody knew what he was trying to get at. I think your point about the millennial Gen Z thing is 
re- for some reason, every time I've I brought that up to other people, they're like, God, that feels so true. I mean, that's like you get like a generation that you relate to, and that's kind of it. Let me definitely uh, credit my wife because that was her idea. Oh, nice. That was all Thank Heather. You, Heather that was all Heather who was like, yeah, it just feels like a Gen Z thing. He couldn't handle it. Like, yeah. Seems right. Yeah, it feels right. Uh, number one, obviously, is just leadership and what you can do to build the culture of your organization. It's a broad term. I know that. It does sort of bring together different parts of the job. But to me, that's a combination of personal leadership skills combined with the organizational ability to bring an entire, not just, again, not just the team, but the entire building on board with your vision and what it is you want everyone to do. So, yeah, it's a catch-all. But if you can't lead, you can't be a head coach. It just, it just doesn't work. So those are my five, and uh, I'm curious to see how all of these various candidates end up fitting into that uh, world. You can certainly read in a lot more depth at uh, seattlesports.com. So there you go. That's a ranking for today. Yeah, let's hear this again. I just can't help it. It's so good. It's so good. (laughs) First of all, just a great song choice in general. Couldn't agree more. Bring us home, Maura. Come on, Maura. Here we go. Let's do it again. Wake up. Grab a brush and put a little makeup. Take the dog out very quickly. Why won't you please just go pee? Here you go. Don't forget your smoothie. You wanted to. Grab a brush and put a little makeup. You wanted to. Take the dog out very quickly. The smoothie line is the best one. That really fits right in there. Thank you, Maura. so good. We'll see you tomorrow morning. Uh-huh. We'll see what time. <laughs> Stick around for Bump and Stacy. They're coming up next. Uh, we will be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Br- uh, Brady Henderson going to be on the show. Matt Miller will join us tomorrow to talk some drafts. Until then, the hay is in the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!